0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling. This is the growing season. Brought to you by Talks on the 960 AM. I'm Matt McFarland, one of three McFarlands that will grace your eardrums today. Jack and Lynn join me, but to me, they are mom and dad. Guys, how are
1: you? Not too bad, Matthew.
0: Mom? I'm great.
1: Fantastic, yeah. whoa, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fantastic, All right. yeah. Okay, that was, yeah. uh, usually it's like, oh, my uh,
0: my phalange's falling off, yeah. and this is rotting, and I have, and a I have gangrists, week. whatever. And well, actually, Matthew, it is annual week. This is, yes, wonderful segue. Thank you, Dad. This show, we're going to call it Annuals 2021 because we did an annuals in 2020, even though there weren't many annuals in 2020 for you to put in because COVID,
1: basically. 90% less back then, eh, amen. And
0: even this year, we're still having problems finding. Oh, oh. It's just been a real disaster. Actually, we, we will talk about that on the other side. Are you safe to put your annuals in? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh, yeah, we I had, s- uh, we had yes. snow last week right yeah, so <laughs> i couldn't believe it yeah but i think it's safe now. one can only hope right so anything to do with annuals the proper planting of these things we're going to tell some little anecdotes and, and stories and of course it you know usually kodak for some reason gets involved every single year and uh all that and more GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. Click on Show Bits. It's the visual accompaniment to the show. You're probably going to want to use it. She's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. On the other side, it's our annual show on annuals on the Growing Season on News Talk. Sucking at 960 AM. And we're back. Show commences. Strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen. This is the growing season on News Talks. So like a 960 AM. Follow along with us. You heard me say it before, but it bears repeating. GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. The visual accompaniment to the show is called Showbits. Trust me, you're going to want to use it. And are we safe? I don't know. We were talking about that on the other side. Do you know
1: uh, how I can say, uh, how, how I know it's safe, Matthew? How? We're at
0: Dan Burke's this week. Okay. So this week is... is okay. So... In the early millennium, ladies and gentlemen, we, as part of our major landscape construction services, we would, in the first year of a brand new landscape, we would say, all right, we'll 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 put annuals in for you if it was the proper time of the year. Obviously, if your landscape is going in in July, we can't put annuals in because we can't find them in yeah. basically July. Mm-hmm. But let's say you had a landscape that was going in prior to June 1. Hey, as part of the service, do you want us to... Insert, annualize, annualize it. Right. And, uh, no, a- annualize it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it, but you need to just, you need to, you need to watch yourself, okay? Now my head's, I'm completely distracted here. Uh, so what ended up happening is those clients in the first year, well, they come back to you in the second year and they're like, so uh, can you put the annuals in this year? And then the year after, and then the year after, and then the year after. So the Danbrooks... Bill and Carol Danbrook, who are probably listening right now, are one of our holdovers from from like 20 years ago. Have you guys been doing this now for 20 years? Yeah. i imagine yeah.
1: imagine you're right, Matthew. Yeah.
0: Wow. 20 years. Wow. And we never set out to be a bed maintenance company or that type of thing. But then again, Dad, you you did this in the 1980s. You said there was, what, two weeks, the first two weeks of June. Yep. Always. Always, uh-huh. Matthew. Yep. And it wasn't just for, like, it wasn't just clients that you had landscaped. Like, you had clients that would want you guys to come in. Year after year. Yep. And do it year after
1: year. Yeah. Until the plants got big enough that they no longer needed the uh, annuals to actually take over and fill in those blank spaces.
0: Listen, one of the things that we've mentioned in the past that I should definitely mention again. Okay, so putting in plant materials is a three-year adventure for you to realize full finished product. Full finished product, right. In your first year, they what they call sleep. So all that happens is they are adjusting to their brand new situation. They might put on a little bit of a new root system, but really, it's sort of shy. They're like, oh, this is, I'm in a different spot, I'm the new person on the block, hi guys, you know, whatever. Okay, what? It's like being the new kid in the class. Yeah, yeah.
1: Or, what are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Hey. Or, what am I doing here? Yeah.
0: And then the next year, you're going to see them creep. So it's sleep, creep, okay? Okay. So now they're putting on a little bit more root system. You're gonna you're gonna notice that there's a little bit more flora and fauna up top. Third year, whammo! They
1: they're, leap. They're off and running.
0: Okay, so it's sleep, creep, leap. And you're gonna notice this, and it's really interesting. Now my dad always when my dad comes up to see my place, he's always like, Ooh, Oh yes, but but you water with a verve. You are <laughs> you are a fervent waterer. I I will admit, my my, my front gardens actually my my gardens are very very well cared for. Okay, wait a minute, um, wait a minute. Can, can you overwater, Matthew? Yeah, I would imagine you can overwater. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the uh, easiest thing to do, especially, and this is a great tie into the annual show. It's very very simple. If you take your finger and stick it in your topsoil, and it's dry up to or slightly beyond your first knuckle, you need water. Now, granted, after having doing this for years and years, there's a certain look that the topsoil's got. Like, you know, okay, that needs to be watered.
1: Sure. And again, if you overwater, they don't live in a swamp. Most no. of these things are coming from, no. from very especially tropical your, places. Yeah,
0: especially your annuals. They're all tropical. I remember one of the most valuable lessons that I took away from working in a nursery was the appearance of proper watering. So I remember working in a nursery, and when, and when we were watering the annuals that were in little seed trays, the owner of the nursery, God love him, his name was Charlie Sant. He owns Sant's Cold Creek Nurseries on the North Hill in, in, the, in, the, in the town of Bolton. And I remember him saying to me, you literally need to see the water sitting on top of the seed trays. And I took that, I actually worked for Charlie's son, Mark, for some time. In landscaping. And Mark used to say that about the watering of plant materials. Mark did all the landscaping, all the construction. He said, you need to be able to see the water sitting on top of the soil. That's when you know that you've watered enough. Mm. So my son, who's seven, he's he's taken a real interest in going outside and you know watering. And he'll stand there and sth, sth, and then he's off to something else. Like, no, 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 Logan. Making sure that you can see the water sitting on top of the soil. And then, of course... Not pooling, but you should be able to see water sitting there.
1: So, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, why are we watering annuals so much? Well,
0: because, first of all, you want them to... They they are, A, a tropical plant, okay? But, B, their root system is three or four times the size of the actual plant up
1: top, yes? Because they were basically root-bound. They're completely root-bound. But what the main problem is, Matthew, because... Because, bleh, I'm... Kind of Be, because is a new one. I've never because, heard that never heard before. It but Matt, because they have a, a fairly large root system, and they go very deep, especially in times of drought, they require more water. Therefore, water them. I, and, and I agree. And that saturation method, I use it all the time. And that's
0: why my plant materials consistently look like that. Yeah, they're, your gardens they're, are gorgeous. They're, that. Also, they're very, very bushy. I like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes.
0: Um, but very interesting thing now how much time have you guys spent outside in your own gardens now we've spent a lot of time outside on job sites but I can't hear the buzzing of a bee when there's a skid steer in the background going Have you noticed I've noticed
1: there are way more bees out there yes year. I agree Matthew lots of them way more bees like time, all kinds man not just the, ki- not just the honeybee I the was out, bees are out there I was
0: out doing stuff. And there was, I saw no less than three bumblebees on my GM. Which is good. Three of the big, fat little football suckers. Well, I think that we've become more aware of bees. We absolutely the, have. And the, what, the role they play in feeding Even us. Even the dandelions. I'm noticing that my neighbors are less and less now. Yep. Granted, God love my 80-year-old my neighbor. Still gets out there. She's old world Italian right from Italy. She has, she has her little screwdriver. and She's out there popping all the dandelions out there. And I want to run out there and go, Pina!
1: Don't touch the any lines. Do you feel that's the uh, the pesticides and the chemicals that were being used that's actually making them come back, uh, or is it n- l- maybe colony collapse disorder is not as bad this, this this time of the year or this year? You're gonna you're gonna slap me on the wrist. I
0: went to look for BTK. Why, gypsy moths. I know, but yeah, I went to, I went to look for it. You you can't find it anywhere. It's sold out across the board.
1: Wow, yeah.
0: and that I, I'm, that I do not. That's not me. I don't want to do chemicals, but man, you're not defoliating all my trees here, guys. This is not going to happen this year.
1: And remember, you can't do that for too long because two or three years, and after that, they don't come back, Matt. What do you mean? Well, if they if they are completely defoliated more than two or three years, That's they're it. not coming back. They're done. Yeah, I know. I so, know. Maddie, I want to know if you're interested in hearing a little bit about the history of why the heck are we planning annuals? You want that? Well, all I know is if it was a bunch of guys out there doing it, you could call them manuals. Yes. Right?
0: <laughs> or or if they were doing it under wind turbines, it could be fanuals. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Right? Oh, right. Or if it's off of a landscape plan, it would be
1: planual. Oh, that is so bad. Yeah. So very bad. Okay, Mom, hit the history with Mom, you before I go on. I'm going to puke if that keeps it up.
2: Well, we go back to 1918. Canada had just gone through what at that time we felt was a horrific war. We'd never had a war like World War I. And people just wanted to plant bright, cheery gardens, and annuals filled the bill. Another thing that happened in 1918 is Spanish flu. So not only were Canadians recovering from a traumatic traumatic war, but they were dealing with a plague. So anything bright and cheerful that could cheer them up was important. So they started planting annuals in their gardens because, you know, they bloom all summer and they're bright and cheery. When
0: you think about this for a second, okay, so 1918, you're just finishing up a war and then the Spanish Mm -hmm. flu hits, right? You got the depression when? Uh, 1929, October. Okay. So, and then you got in in the World War II. in the early forty, late thirties, early forties. You have World War II. Yeah, yeah. That's a horrendous time to be alive. My like parents, a seriously horrendous my, time to be my alive. My
2: parents and Jack's parents went through those times.
0: And we talk about the you know, listen, if such and such can go off to war, you can stay at home, right? Like the gravity of all you got to do is stay at home is quarantine yourself in comparison to an 18-year-old young male being forced to go out to war. And possibly dying in a horrendous way. I totally get it. But remember how far we are removed from that.
2: Yes. Well, then we come to the 1940s and 50s. Again, we've gone through an even more horrendous war, dealing with a Holocaust, dealing with atomic weapons. And subdivisions start to be built. Now, that's because the automobile became cheap enough that the average person could buy one. Now they could live outside right. the city and drive to work. And again, after all this horrible stuff that happened during World War II, again,
0: they wanted... But it was this a, is where the white picket fence comes yeah, in. Yeah. This There's is where time, all that stuff comes in
1: because... Time of
2: innocence. They yeah. want it bright and cheerful again. They want it to go back to what it was like
1: in the 1920s. In the and 1920s. Again, again, Matt, they would be doing things like broadcast seeding, So they would just literally go out into their gardens and sprinkle a bit and of And just sow a bunch yep. of nasturtiums, And they would get whatever yep. whatever one turns their crank and they would use them, Matt. Yep. By the way, I love, I love distortions. So do I. So do I. Now we come, well, we can go back a year, 2020,
2: but we're still in the midst of what went on in 2020, COVID. And for a lot of you people, this is scary because this is the first time your lives have been disrupted at such a degree so, again, we're going back to simplicity. We want gardens. We want to stay at home. We want bright and cheerful. That's why you're seeing we so much it, of that, Matt. And
0: we're seeing it. We are on, I mean, I'm going to use a word that I should not be using when it comes to horticulture, okay? But we are on the front lines yeah. of seeing that, Yeah. of having clients be like, I need my backyard to be a a place where I can... A refuge. A refuge. An oasis. How many times have have you heard a client say that word this year? Over and over and over again. And you know what? I am
2: 68 years old. And I sow a little seed in my garden. And a week or two later, I see it sprout. I'm thrilled like a child. It's telling me that despite all these horrible things, life goes on. Yeah, but
0: you spend $52 to grow a, a 50 cent tomato. Do you know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah,
2: <laughs> like, I know, I know. But, but mom, what is a, a what is a liator? Pardon me.
1: What's a leator? I have no idea. Did mm-hmm. I make a spelling mistake? No, you just said leater. I was just curious what that word is. I have is. no idea. Uh, but but anyways, Matt, just think about ate who? No, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. some <laughs> kind of alligator. A but but Matt, a lot of a lot of our listeners and so forth, they were doing the uh, the indoor stuff where they would grow them, you know, basically in February, March, yeah. April, and then yeah. transplant yeah. them outside completely. But you can do the same thing again with the seeds, if you wish. And certain ones that are really easy are, like you said, nasturtium is an easy one. Oh, yeah. I just throw them in the
0: ground. So my wife just went outside and she put her bean seeds in this past week. Is that too late? No.
2: No, I I haven't put mine in.
0: I didn't want to say it to her. I was no. like, Kel, this is kind of
1: futile, but...
2: I just <laughs> cleaned oh, out man. my vegetables. <laughs> I did, no, Matt, it's not. Beans real quickly. I just cleaned out my vegetable tubs. Hopefully this weekend I can put okay. dirt in them and seeds.
1: Okay. No. But the, for us, Matthew, it's not very practical for the most part to be putting in things like uh, seeds and broadcasting, but I'm going to be doing it at the Dan Brooks a bit okay. because I can't get what bloody you bloody get Totally. And you're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, this is a bit of a background here. My dad's
0: always wanted like a, um, like a... Sun porch, like a sun, like a glass in yeah. porch area. house yeah. kitchen. Yeah, so so you could theoretically, if you wanted to, if the if the mood suited you, you could. Yes, theoretically, grow some annuals, right? You know what I'd like to get involved in? I want to do like a, I want to get involved in some manner of of hybridization. I would like to get into like a. This is if you want this, you have to come to us. What whether it's a. Not Necessarily, shrubs. I, I hear that evergreens are a real pain in the butt to be hybridizing, but something like that, where it's—I I, want to try the scientific
1: end of it and try to hybridize. I think it's great, Matt, that a, a person would be able to produce a plant and be able to name it after a family member. I've always wanted something like that to happen. And anyway, oh, so wait, the wait, Matthew. Matthew, the Matthew, <laughs> yes. The Matthew, and bulb. it would be hairy
0: and red. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh.
1: But, you know, Matt, there, there's Easy a. Easy mom. Are you familiar with uh, Preston Lilac Isabella? Love it. Okay, so it's a great. It's a. To my. In my books, it's kind of a cross between the, the original vulgaris variety, like the syringa. There's your Latin alert. Yep, thanks, so And then you would move on to some of your. So your 14 memorial,
0: minutes in before they hit this, yeah, this, this so the. Yeah, so the. Yeah, it's
1: actually quite, quite late this week. Yeah. But, Matt, I just find that I think it's kind of cool that so somewhere along the line, this guy must have lived in Preston, Ontario. Ontario. And then, his, you know, his either a wife or a family member's name was Isabella. So, he named this, this particular syringa after his wife or her family member. So, then the mother lode, was that named after... A gold.
0: Wow. But while we're on the topic of lilacs, I have a, a client coming up. Uh, she has a 1920s farmhouse in the Oakville area. And wants to do a complete wraparound, around and it's partial shade. Now, there are some spots that are sun, but she wants to do, she wants to do like period piece for this. So when I go to design it, it's got to be, speaking of the 1920s, it's got to be out of that time period. So we're talking lilacs. We're talking, it's 1920s farmhouse. So lilacs, white marigolds, white picket fences, white picket fence, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yep. You know she they- was saying that they spent a time, they spent time living in Australia. And she said, do you know that one of the, one of the, One of the symbols of affluence in Australia is a fence. Oh, really? It's a big thing in Australia to have a fence. I didn't know that.
1: Mm. I don't have a fence. Well, yes, you do. (laughs) We just built one. No, that's more like an enclosure. But Maddie, moving on. Yes? Okay. Mom, can you please define an annual? An annual is a plant that grows
2: flowers and goes to seed. So it completes its life cycle in one year.
1: It's pretty damn smart. It's good. It's It's really good. So, Matt, some of the reasons why we would use annuals in our garden, I've already mentioned the one that it's a good way to fill in the blank spots. Well, what what are some of the other reasons? I'll tell you exactly. Lasha Decker, she of the Oakville Deckers,
0: is listening. And her color scheme features coral. It is really difficult to find something coral. That will flower that way in shrubs. Yes, I know the Japanese quince is out there, and there's there's some quince on her site. Okay, on her on her landscape plan. But if you're looking to get a color that you cannot achieve in a flowering shrub or, or a perennial or a perennial or an evergreen, an annual is a great way to do it. And what you do is is if you know that that color is part of your scheme,
1: you just leave a spot open in your bed, and you know this is where I'm going to plop coral, Dad. So, Matt, what's you're 100 right on that, and what they also do, Matt, is they bloom quickly and they have an immediate impact on your garden. It's the truth, and that's what I like about them. But Matt, remember I mentioned that they fill in the blank spaces until everything catches up. So your perennials, your shrubs, or anything yeah. until they bloom or whatever. But Matt, the overall they create an effect. Now, if the perennials a girl, you you, you could call it a perennial.
0: Oh
2: yeah,
1: not not very good. Matt. Well, it's always men or guy, right? So I'm trying to find yeah. But Matt. It gives you this overall effect in your flower gardens, and especially when you put them in the groupings. I, by the way, one thing I really dislike when, when doing annual gardens, Matthew, is when people put them in these lovely little straight lines. Yeah. I like drifts and islands. Yeah. And mass groupings. That's what I like. So when we, I remember, audience
0: members, by the way, growingseasoncanada.com is the website. This is the show called The Growing Season. Follow along with us using Showbits. Click on growingseasoncanada.com, and Showbits is your little menu piece there. It's the visual accompaniment. So I remember being young and we were ushered into horticulture and landscaping very, very easily. So when I was nine years old, I was out on job sites. And that was when dad was out doing light pruning and this and that. And he would plop a pair of balcals in my hand and show me how to do some, some slight pruning on a cedar or whatever. I wasn't allowed to touch any of the fancy stuff until later. And then my sister and I would be falling behind to say clean up. One of the other things that we would do is, is we'd be put on annual crews. Planting annual flowers. And By the way, I, Matthew, that's
1: not an easy job. It's not.
0: Oh. Especially too when you get there's 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 a, there's a series of hoops that you get to jump through, right? So at first, dad's laying out each individual little annual because mm-hmm. he doesn't trust that you guys know what know where to how to properly space them. And then after a while, he's like, forget the stinking one at a time. Boats Driving and then out flats. boats. Yeah. So so boats are, you know, like your your impatience would come in like a little cell pack of four, okay? Yeah. So he would drop one one down, and he would trust my sister and I to go. Okay, evenly space those in the area, <laughs> and then after a while, he's just poof, dropping flats like a
1: whole host of yeah, boats into the same cool area life. and plant yeah. those up. So, man, if you if you were doing this said garden, and you came across an area that had predominantly a lot of yellow. So let's say we had a euonymus uh, fortunei em- emerald and gold, or something <laughs> like that. Go yeah. tip. Sunspot, whatever. Well, oh, I'm bombing you here. It Just thanks, man. But, oh, sorry, Matt. But anyways, if you had that. You've seen, uh,
0: by the way, speaking of sunspot, have you seen Dakota sunspot uh, potentilla?
1: Yeah. The, the, the little dwarf one? Yeah. Like, like you know, two feet across type thing? I know, but it's beautiful. dynamite bloom on it. Beautiful. The yellow thing. orange bloom. Yeah. But, Matt, anyway, so you've got this happening. You've got all these, mo- your monitors in your bed are, are basically, these are plants that we call ones that actually occupy the space. Yeah. And there can be anything from an evergreen to a deciduous shrub. Okay, so you got a lot of yellow, and you're coming along, and you want to lay out your annuals. What's something you really have to keep an eye on? Well, stepping on the annuals—that's <laughs> the thing. No, forget forget the annuals. Well, I guess would, I you've guess got a lot be, of yellow. So, what are be. you doing with your annuals? Are you going to put more yellow to extend the color, or are you going to go and contrast the color that's, that you're putting in the bed? Yes, to both, depending on the client. That's right. So yeah. you can do one or the other. Yeah. But normally speaking, when we're doing something, we would actually go the opposite way.
0: Yeah, it all depends. I, you know, there's something to be said for, like, I, I, I watch my wife when it comes to interior design, and she does it on a professional level. So one of her main clients is TD. I can't say who she's working for right now because it's not TD, but it's, there's a non-disclosure agreement set. But the, with TD, it was various shades of green. Now, you wouldn't think that that would be effective, but it's very, very effective. For me, in some ways, I like the tone on tone. Yeah, so I I like the fact.
1: So you're complimenting, not contrasting. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, and so sometimes I think that that works great. For instance, speaking of my GM, my my house is a what
1: would kind you call salmon. it?
0: It's a salmony. It's, salmon. it's a corally salmony, peachy mm. colored brick, yeah, it's right? Color. And the GM is basically a, a spot on, a, like a spot on variation of it's it's pulling the color off the brick and putting it on
1: the flower, and yeah. it just
0: pops. Yeah. Against the brick. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's and that's basically tone on tone. Yeah. Sure.
1: But right? Matt, in the end, what you're trying to do is you're trying to draw your attention to a strategic corner of your garden or I something agree. like that. Or, yeah. And by doing this, we create movement. And movement is very important when it comes to your gardens. But Matt, we also try to limit the number of various colors that we're using to get a better visual effect. Yep. The more otherwise, we, you, you could have a, a composition that's not qu- – it looks too chaotic, okay? Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. And you've heard me say this before. It looks like a bowl of Skittles. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Or a box of crayons. Yeah, and right. the idea is that – And man, we have clients that want that. Yes. Sure they do. We have had clients – I remember there was a client in the Caledon area where it was like, listen, every every five feet, can you change color?
1: Yeah, And you not not stripe it, but it's different chunks of color. Wait a minute. That's a perfect point then. Okay, so why would we go along and change color within a bed itself? What's one of the main reasons?
0: It could be to do with shade light conditions.
1: Yeah. your microclimates.
0: Right. And one of the things that is so difficult about this, specifically with annuals, because your flowering shrubs and your evergreens tend to take changes in light a little bit better because they have a bigger root system or just a beefier structure. The problem is, is if you've got a flower bed that's got morning sun and then afternoon shade, or we've had it in some cases where it's morning sun, noon shade, three o'clock sun. What is this bed? Like, what, what... what situation are we dealing? So with So you here? plant different kinds of annuals that can handle those conditions, right? Exactly,
1: but then you have to know what all these annuals do, right?
0: And you almost have to go to the, the you almost have to go to the site at different times and go, okay, that seven to ten foot section in the middle of the flower bed gets this. Like we've had it where one of our clients from from years ago, you would you would go 15, 15 seconds down the down the way in the flower bed, and it's a completely different yeah. environment
1: again. Well, yeah. Danberg's Matt. At the yeah. back of their house, they have three or four microclimates within a, within a 30, 30 foot bed, let's say. Yeah. And that's where you run into a lot of difficulties. But, I Matt, mean, even people who do vegetable gardens and so forth, it's a good way to protect your vegetables and so forth from harmful pests. Marigolds. And, mar- mar- yeah. Marigolds is Absolutely. an ideal yeah, um, <laughs> way of doing it without putting a lot of chemicals. And they on. say
0: lavender too anything that cool. is super, super
1: smelly. Tends yeah. to keep things away.
2: Lavender keeps mosquitoes away too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Any yeah, what else did they? What else did they mention? Lemon um,
0: balm was another one that's yeah. a big one. You can get citronella. That's an actual plant. That's a big one that they say. Mint. Mom. This is totally off. Don't the topic. plant mint by the way yeah. in a pot. In a
2: pot. Yeah. Annuals also give you the opportunity that if it doesn't work out
0: one year, you can try something new next year. You know what? Let's jump. She's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. On the other side, more talk on annuals because this is our annual annual show. Thank <laughs> you. C-A-C-K. This is The Growing Season on News Talks. Have like a 960 AM. Follow along with us. GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. The Show Bits segment of our website. That's the area that you want to focus on right now. Directly after this show airs, this very show, this one, gets dropped in a podcast version into Show Bits. You literally hit play and we you can see visuals in chronological order to what we've talked about. Okay, so now we're talking annuals. We're going to get into specifics here. And one of the things that you, or two of the things that you want to know that are super important. Number one, water is the most important thing for these things. Okay. As Pops made mention, as Yoder made mention as he was levitating flats of fibrous begonia is, yes, yeah, yeah. Water is the most important thing. Okay. And the second most important thing would be fertilizer, right? The first two weeks of having these annuals in the ground is the most vital, vital, vital time period. In fact, you've heard us say this, and the same rule applies for when you have a brand new planted up landscape, right? Your first week, morning and evening water, religiously. If it is a drought situation, if, you, if the temperatures are above 30 degrees sustain, sustained sustained or, or suspended, I don't know. Some, some S word. Uh, if, the, if the temperatures are above 30, you might even throw a noon hour watering in there just to keep that water level up. Second week, you could do morning or evening in normal conditions. In a drought situation or in a very Both. very hot situation, you would you would have to go morning and evening again and then from there on in two to three times a week. Okay? So the first month, let's break it down quickly again for you. The first month, the, so the first week out of that month period morning and night religiously as far as water and you heard me talk about it at the beginning of the show saturate the soil you should be able to see that water sitting on top of the soil this comes right from a nurseryman okay second week in normal conditions you can go morning or evening that's an or if it's drought situation more and then and then going forward in your next two week chunk you can do you can do two or three times a week morning or evening noon hour is not a great idea but in those situations where it doesn't matter how much you're watering, the plants are still wilting. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So yeah. is,
1: is there any truth to the, uh, what people call facts that watering in the daytime, let's say, on your lawns or your planting beds is detrimental to the plants themselves? Is there a magnifying glass effect? Mom?
2: No, there isn't. The reason why you don't want to water at noon is you want the water, the evaporation takes the water away so quick, but you want that water to get down to the roots of the plant. Yeah. That's why fairly early in the morning or in the evening's better because it's not as hot and the evaporation won't happen. And I
0: completely agree, but listen, there are situations where like we had summer last year where it didn't matter
1: what time. Th- those plants had to be watered. Yeah. Well, yes. no, right? Yeah.
0: And we were down 18 inches on a job
1: site and there was no water 18 inches down. Yeah. So if you're gonna recommend a fertilizer, Matthew, what would you recommend? You're looking for balance. Okay.
0: Like a tens you know, so dimes across the board type. Sure, thing. and then
1: five ten five or something else if you want to give it a, a little bit of a kick. But yeah. remember the second number should always be the highest. Why?
0: Because the annuals you're not you're not looking for green, you're looking for you're looking for general health, root, stem, flower, health, that type of thing. Seed. Yeah, and completely. So
1: well, the <laughs> seed stem. Listen, yes. when it comes
0: to seed, listen, you don't want to be encouraging your freaking morning glories to <laughs> no, seed because those no. things don't even need
2: I any planted, encouragement. I planted morning glories three years ago and I've never had to plant them again. And nasturtium,
1: too. Nasturtium just year. go bonkers as okay, well. Yeah. One last thing before we move off. Yeah. Can, okay, so what does blowout mean on the, okay, let's keep this clean here. Yep. It's a family <laughs> show. Yeah. What does the uh, blowing out of your flowers mean in, say, midsummer?
0: It just means that the they've, they either haven't been fertilized enough or they haven't, they're just, they've basically blown themselves out. Okay, right? Is there anything you can do get, for that? Well, it would be, it. you would have had to have been caring for it ahead of time, right? It's like what happens in your lawn in the spring has to do with what happened in the fall before, right, mom? Can you cut them back a bit in Deadhead? But I thought that, th- that this was all, it had to be fertilizer
1: ahead of time. Well, they actually said that, that you can extend the life of the annuals by... Cutting them back. It will jumpstart new blooms. So Matthew what I get my, about, sh- I sure get my shears out and I shear Absolutely. my my impatience off? Not all the not <laughs> Do you know what, Matthew? Impatience <laughs> are one <laughs> that have enough pro- Do you know what, Maddie? Impatience have enough problems as it is, let's face it. With water stress use and heat stress. I'm tired of them. That's we why we've moved off to begonia. Yeah. But Maddie, if you're gonna pick something for the sun that was that was an absolute dynamite little annual to use. Oh, it's easy. Okay, what is it?
0: Distortion. Okay. Explain. I love it. As I said, these these suckers, mom, didn't you guys have nasturtium in your flower beds from like 15 years ago? This things just kept coming back and coming back and coming back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love nasturtium. They are, first of all, anything to do with any sort of a rock garden setting. I'm in, count me in, and nothing looks prettier in a rock garden setting than you have this little orangey-yellow nasturtium in there.
1: They're absolutely beautiful. Only one problem, Matt. Say nasturtium and cosmos yep. are highly invasive. Yeah. So when, once you have them, if you let them go to seed, unless you want to take the seed and collect it, that's yeah. different. But, what but they're very invasive but to the garden. When we would when we would use nasturtium,
0: we would put them in an area where we would say, "Listen, go go to town, go nuts." Like, okay, farmhouse client has specifically asked for. Ready for it, lily of the valley. Oh yeah, because that's an old plant. She wants it. Plant. That's and I and I li- I literally said, "Pacisander." I said, no no, "No, no, sorry. What do you call it? no convalerium majalis?" Yes, yeah, really? she literally oh, asked, asked for it. And I said, yeah. "Listen, we there's like a level four toxin in this thing, and they're super invasive." She goes, "I understand that. I want lily of the valley." So, and I and she said, "I am fully aware that you got to put it in an area where it, it's going to take over." I get it, right? Okay. It's the same as nasturtium. If you know going in that vinca or nasturtium or any of these things is gonna be invasive, put it in an area that, that you want it to invade. And then right? tr-
1: or y- an area that you can control easily. Well you Could made mention walkways of, or anything. You made mention of mint fire. Sure, right. Pots. Yeah. Put it in pots. But Matt, you know what? If I was gonna be using nasturtium, I like this new chameleon variety. Its bloom looks kind of like an orchid. And it can change from yellow to pink to red color now, over if it's a
0: few days. If it's a chameleon variety, like if you plant it near
1: your house, you can't see it because yeah. it blends you into just your house. Blends into I house. can't see any of the distortion. <laughs> but Matt, if you get a chance to see it, and actually if you're going to be putting it up on showbiz, yeah, showbiz you showbiz. have got to see it. It's cool. called chameleon. Cool. But Matt, if again, Everybody knows marigolds, and you can use them in your veggie garden and so forth. Yeah. So, Tagetes Tenufolia. You know
0: what? We didn't use marigolds for a whole lot of years. And actually, Bill and Carol Danbrook are listening, and and they love marigolds. And then, you know what? There's something... I think that we didn't use marigolds for years and years. It's like the laugh track on uh, on a sitcom. Yeah. So, my kids are right in the middle of a, a complete full house binge. That's, that's all they're watching. Yeah. And because we don't hear the laugh track anymore... Now, when you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool that there's a the laugh track, right? Yeah. And it's the yeah. same as, as Marigolds, is that they were just the staple for years and years and years. And we stopped using them on customer sites because mostly because, well, we go the way that that Yoda, yes, goes. If Yoda doesn't like something, it doesn't really come on the site. So we weren't using Marigolds much. And now because
1: of the Danbrooks... Marigolds are kind of back on the menu.
0: Looks like
2: meat's
1: back on the menu. I, I can take marigolds and I, I put a couple really nice varieties in that Dan Brooks, but I can't stand that creamy white colored one. I I think it looks kind of like washed out. insipid. it.
0: Yeah, I, you know, to me, it's one of those ones where I think that when there wasn't the the level of varieties and and the level of choices involved, marigolds was, were overused. It's the same as impatients, right? Like, why would you plant a regular elfin impatient now when you can get a New Guinea? New nice. Guineas are just by far and away a cooler option, right? It's just – so for me, I've, I have I re-fallen in love with, with marigolds because I guess there's so much more out there. Now when you see a marigold, you're like, oh, that's – yeah. Yeah, we put some really pretty ones
2: in. They've got a touch of brown on the petals. They're really pretty. It's really cool,
1: well, Matt. You used to say that you really liked Salosia uh, argentina. Oh, perusa, I love Salosia, the coxcomb. And you know what, Matt? Not my favorite. And you prob- have to do those in major mass groupings. Yeah, and the
0: problem with the Salosia is they don't like they don't really bloom all that long, right? And once they bloom
1: out, they're done. They look- it's- you have these nice shades of brown on on like basically <laughs> a, a rooster's head yeah. that looks all brown and pasty looking.
0: But you know what the they look like Celosia looks like a melting freezy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It looks. Yeah. It's this little, like, it's this blob of red, and it just looks like this This melting freezy. But if
2: freezy. the heads
1: get too heavy, it flops over. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, Matt? It does take full I'm time. very familiar with... <laughs> <anyway>. oh, <Flopping laughs> At my age, you're always <laughs> flopping over. <laughs> Mom, what have you gotten yourself into? Matt? So, Maddie. Uh, yes. it, it, what is good about them, though... Is, is that they take full sun, they like a rich, moist soil, and they want it well drained. Okay, so most of the, uh, your annuals, for the most part, want it well drained. And nothing looks like these things.
0: No. Honestly, they look like a Muppet. Well, They yeah. look fake. No, yeah, it, it doesn't do. look real. They
1: need a paper bag put over their head. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs>
0: come on, they're not that bad.
1: So if we're gonna choose. Okay, hold, very, on no, 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 hold on a second. No, wait a minute, hold on a second. As far
0: as blo- bloom time goes, you get way more bloom out of a Celosia... Than you do out of a dahlia.
1: Not a chance. Uh-oh. Absolutely you do. are dahlia words. doesn't
0: show up until the if, until, oh. until the
1: show is almost over. What's cool about a dahlia is that they'll start at a certain height. So it could be 12 or 18 inches high, and the yeah. first mass of bloom will go on. Yeah. And the thing will grow another 12 or 18 yeah, inches, and more bloom. it doesn't show up bloom. until
0: August. Oh, come on. The, right? It, By that point, the celosia are like, we're done. We're leaving the building.
1: <laughs> 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 okay, Matt.
0: Hold so, on oh, a second, Mom.
2: I was just going to say there's one I'd like to talk about, and I just kind of rediscovered this flower. What? Celosia? Gazania. No, not Celosia. Gazania is really nice. You know what? When I started reading up on it, I thought this is a really cool flower. It makes very pretty blooms, but this flower you can plant in poor soil. Full heat, it's black-eyed Susie. Isn't it? To me, it looks like annual more, black-eyed Susie. It's xerophytic, it's drought tolerant. It's from South Africa. It grows on rocky cliffs. Like this is where you can put a bright-colored, cheerful-looking plant. Yep. Um, really crappy wait, soil wait, and full wait. sun. Wait, on top
1: of that, Lenny. It's got it does something called nyctin ten, nic- You know what that is? Is that well, a That means that's uh that's Latin for blooms longer than a dahlia. <laughs> 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 and so again, Selosia, <laughs> you're in some major dream world, okay, major dream world. But Matt, you must know about this. It ha- it does. It, it likes cool air, darkness, and the bottom of most petals are of the so the flower. They grow longer or than the or at faster rate than say the the ones on the top. Cool. Therefore, the flowers close at night. Mm-hmm. Can you name any other ones that do the exact same thing? Mm-hmm. Let's say even if this if there's cloud, if, if a lot of clouds, morning glory, morning glory. But, okay, morning glory is also something else that's cool. It's good for moon gardens, okay? Yes,
0: yes. Especially the... Or if um, you're
1: eating o- outside spoon gardens. Especially, yeah. <laughs> especially the opumia alba, okay? That's one for moon gardens. But, Matt, no, it's really kind of cool because the uppermost petals are a bit longer and they grow at a faster rate than the top petals themselves. <laughs> and then it closes. So, you must have heard <laughs> of purslane. Yes. I you love must purslane. know portulaca. Purslane also blooms longer than dahlias. And then, of course, you're getting... <laughs> <laughs> uh. but there's one thing dahlias don't close up at night it's the, it's the truth it's the truth yes and they're yeah. fragrant and as hell
0: dahlias love uh, clay soil just like Austrian pines.
2: <laughs> yes that's <laughs> so like I'm leaving <laughs> if you have if you have a, a full sun area you can plant the dahlia underneath the Austrian pine
1: we haven't I haven't bashed Austrian pines in a couple of weeks. No, I'm getting tired of Austrian pine. Battling. All of Austria is like, whew, a lot This of, guy's taking it easy on. A lot place. of our listeners are complaining that you're picking on your dad. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. Okay, Matt, I am. I put something in. I'm going to be putting something in. I believe in about two or three days' time, and it's going to be at the Dan Brooks. And it is. It's called a cinea. Can you explain? Well, it starts with the letter Z, not Z, by the way. In fact, I hear
0: my young daughter's, my, my senior kindergarten daughter's teacher, XYZ, when they do the alphabet song. That's disgusting. Because Z is American. Where is Z, Z? Sorry. I know, right? No Astra Z NECA. <laughs> <Yeah. Not> Astra <AstraZeneca. laughs> Uh, by the way we were just we were just talking about our listeners I just want to make a quick mention here and then we'll get to your Zinio, okay Uh, Dublin, Ireland I appreciate I appreciate you listening and it and it it warms me heart okay (laughs) but uh, contact us growingseasoncanada.com click on contact Dublin, Ireland is is hitting us constantly 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 also uh, the home of the filming of Star Wars A New Hope Tunisia is hitting us all oh, the time. Really? I don't know why. Uh, we, I look nothing like C3PO or princess Leia. I don't know why. Uh, and there was one more that I wanted to make a mention. Wow, man, Canada. Oh yes. Um, where, where is this? I don't even, okay. Oh, sorry. Carmo de Rio Claro in Minas Gerais, Brazil is, oh, okay. a, is a big one. Oh, yes. But yes, if, again, if you're listening to us from those parts, Vietnam, by the way, is listening to us. Uh, if you're listening to us from most parts, please feel free. Growingseasoncanada.com, click on contact, send me an email.
1: I want to know why you're listening to us. <laughs> like I want to know like what, what if you're in Vietnam you're like listen to these Canadian you don't idiots. You know what, Matthew? What are they doing? They're probably <laughs> waiting around patiently for you to talk about zinnias. No, no, they're 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 sitting there going, "You're right. This is the list of
0: things that blooms longer than dahlia." And they're just writing it down. Okay, zinnias, go. All right, Matthew. Actually, the only annual leaf that looks like this, it looks like a little helicopter, right? The, the petals come out evenly on both sides. It's very um, helicopter yeah. helicoptery.
1: looking. Do you know what, Matt? They're like a miniature dahlia. You should be very happy about that. <laughs> Some of
0: them
1: are. Some of them are. But, Matt, they come in basically uh, stars, daisies. They call them dahlias, buttons, domes, and cactus shapes. Like blooms are either single, double, and any any height and size that you can imagine. They're awesome, and they're related to the sunflower. Therefore, they are what family do they belong to? Asteraceae. Asteraceae. You got it. Full sun, mat. I just totally guessed. It, they are absolutely. Uh, they don't. They like I a well-drained soil, like most annuals do. That kind of idea. And the old finger test again. Where you stick yeah, it down to the first knuckle, and so forth. There's a joke there. But yeah, I know. Anyway. <laughs> But they, at- Matty, you know what? They attract butterflies, hummingbirds, and you're being very rude and yep. making your dad kind of a little bit peeved off. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit peeved off. Okay. okay. Anyways, Matt, they are prone to fungal spots, which nobody wants fungal spots. They are deer resistant and they're non-toxic to dogs, cats, and horses. So, Matt, they're very good. But anyways, what's the time like? our time like? We got about uh, like seven minutes. Okay, we should hit, hit some of our shade stuff, don't you think? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so what what do you like in the in the shade line that you would like to talk about? You mentioned New Guinea. Let's talk New Guinea for a minute.
0: Yeah, now New Guinea, they will take some sun too. Yes, they will. Right? They will take some sun. I, the only reason why I mentioned New Guinea. Why? New, why? I think is that, well, because they have the bronze leaf.
1: Catch them Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But the only reason why I bring up New Guinea is just that, again, the impatience and this is not coming from somebody
1: that has planted a couple patients in their yard. So, how many have you planted? No, let's just say annuals. What would you guess? Oh, man. Would, would you say 100,000? Uh, I,
0: on, I was on McLean's jobs. Oh, my. Okay. So, for our audience, 230 we had a, flats. we had a client on the Grange side road, Highway 10 in the Grange. Okay. Lovely, lovely country property. Like, we're talking acres. Acres and acres and acres. And... Dad, what did Mr. McLean do? What was his job?
1: What well, was really high stress, uh, like Fortune um, 500 okay. kind of stuff. So, this guy
0: wanted, he had his flower beds. If you were to see his flower beds, three colors, in April, they were empty. There was nothing in the flower beds. Because what happened is his thing was he wanted annuals. And when my dad, it was what, 230
1: flats? Yeah, so say 40, say <gasps> 48 a flat. If you're going to put some math, Matt. What's that add up to? 48 times 230 flats. Mom, you have something to say and I'll, I'll check that math. Well,
2: what he wanted to because of his high stress job is he wanted to come home to his weekend property, this house in the country, and he wanted to relax. So what we planted was flats and flats of pastel colored yeah. impatience whites, pastel pinks, pastel mauve. lavender, mauve. Yeah. Oh, and you'd... you'd after you did it, you'd walk around and it would just make you feel. It knock your so socks off. relaxed.
0: Eleven thousand 11, uh, one dash. Sorry, one one comma zero,
1: four, zero. Eleven thousand forty. And then you know places like uh, Kodak were in the neighborhood yeah. of about six hundred. Well,
0: I bet you. I probably planted a hundred thousand annuals in my day. So listen, you, wait a minute.
1: What about you, mom? Oh, you were you were with Blue Jay days. Yeah, I don't know. Five hundred thousand, anyways. Well, I'm going to thousand. I'm being
2: conservative. But so
1: the reason. So when I talk about impatience.
0: I've planted these things, lots and lots and lots and lots of these things, and the regular elfin patients, And this is the it's the classic impatient, the elfin, because they're called that because they're
1: generally the the littler sure, guys. And got, the the, the other ones are even shorter. They're called super elfin. Right? Yeah,
0: I'm super elfin. And we just yeah, you're, <laughs> like, yeah, you're a hobbit. Uh, and so we, we 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 just stopped using them because of this blowout thing. This by by, by the time end of July, early August hit, they just looked like garbage. He but, stressed, the, but the New strip. Guineas... Always looked better. And my, the reasoning. Bigger blooms, too. Well, and I, for me, I think that it was just, they, they look better because they're a bigger plant. And
1: they have a very good beef. Some of them do. Some yeah. of them do. Yeah. yeah. But, man, I came in, they were fairly large flowers orange, pink, white, purple, lavender, even yellow sometimes, which is unusual, by the way, yellow in a shady environment. The leaves are, of course, always green, but there were even some burgundy, and like you mentioned, some variegated yeah. varieties as well, really cool. and I have actually never used any of the variegated varieties in the New Guinea's. But Matt, I have honestly, I use those as replacements for all of the impatiens all around We literally on our annual
0: sites now, and we're actually amassing more of them again. It's been kind of like a resurgence in that in that area. Um, we don't. I don't think there's a single inpatient on
1: on the sites. No. None. And you know what, Matthew? Because they have a lot of nectar, they attract butterflies. And that's another reason that we used to use them because a lot of our clients these days, especially even back then, Matt, were looking for pollinator gardens.
0: The number one request I get from clients is low maintenance. The number two request I get from clients,
1: pollinators. That's good. That's why we're seeing more bees. bees. Yeah, that's right. And we were actually asked to set up until COVID hit. We were setting up pollinator gardens for the uh, what? For the school board. Yes,
0: yeah. So thanks to Miss Lori De Phillips of the Oakville De Phillipses, she. We were in talks to go into various schools and set up, help the kids construct pollinator gardens, and then COVID came in and shut everything down. But to me, that would be nothing. Would be more
1: fun than seeing a little kid plant a monarda.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yeah, this is awesome, know, this right?
1: Is <laughs> it's yeah. absolutely cool. But Matt, even another, uh, Balsam and Patience is another name for it. Really and, nice. and it's something you probably have never used. And it comes in basically a cup-shaped bloom single usually. Sometimes it, there's even double ones out there. And the colors are again like purples, red, white, yeah. pink, even blue. But Matt, I, I have used it a lot in the past and I haven't used it probably in 25 years or so.
0: It's just a matter of two sometimes of if if,
1: it's, if it isn't available, then you don't use it. No, you almost never see it. And Matt, again, it tracks butterflies, bees, bumblebees, that kind of idea. Mom? But it's also, wait a minute, it's also called what, Lynn?
2: Touch me not. And the <laughs> reason why it's called touch me not is it... <laughs> <off>. <laughs> Man, we got some bleeping on this episode. <laughs> the reason why it's called touch me not is it has these seed capsules. And if you touch them, the little leaves they on it open up and the seeds... Explode. Explode out. And they contain a crystal. It sounds like called, that sandbox
0: tree. Remember that thing? Yeah.
2: They c- have a crystal called calcium. calcium oxalate. oxalate. Yep. And if, if if say you you touch this plant and the seeds explode and you get one in your mouth, it feels like ground glass. It hurts. What? Yeah. But they're I was not shocked.
1: toxic when they're when they're cooked though, Matt. Yeah, you can cook. Them <laughs> oh yeah, cook. that's fantastic. Exactly.
2: Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, by the way, we tried fiddleheads for the first time a couple weeks ago. Oh, did you? Very good.
2: Did you? Did you fry them Did up it not
0: taste
1: gritty to you at all? Because no. I've tried them, were they, and they were they great. bought in the store. Yeah, they bought yeah at, at the at the grocery store. Okay, kids loved it. Yeah, they were fantastic. So Matt, if we were going to pick up something, and a, and and one uh, one minute thirty seconds. Okay, so. something like a Nicotiana tabacum. Yeah, why is that something that we could use that's good for nighttime? Well, don't they they open up at night or they? No, there's something to do with it's got it's like photosensitive, isn't it? Yes, the blooms stay open at night, so okay. they're good for moon gardens. And that's another thing, Matthew. Again, we use them in cottage gardens, that kind I of idea. I love and, and again, great. everything, again, comes down to attracting the birds and so forth.
0: And the, 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 and the bees love these things because it's got the trumpet-shaped flower and has a landing pad on it, as well as the hummingbirds would even go for them, again, because of the trumpet. But they have a great color even through yeah. the day, Matthew. And there's, a, there's, one in, there's an annual in white that I, I like Nicochiana in, in, in white, I yeah. like the look and, of a white Nicotiana. And that's the
2: one you could plant in a moon garden, which is a garden you appreciate at night, especially a night of a full moon.
1: And yes. again, it's good for things like, right, you want bright foliage, you want early bloomers, you want something that has an amazing fragrance. And by the way, Nicotiana is it.
0: Now, when you say full moon, that means that's not referring to someone not wearing a belt. <laughs> no, I mean the real full moon, the <laughs> moon, one in the like sky. my brother Pat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, so growingseasoncanada.com is the website click on showbits that's the visual accompaniment to the show this is a wonderful place to press pause all right so as usual we have uh, more information mom well I'll give it a try
2: Stocks this is a perennial in some zones and annual in other zones um, it comes in all different colors it comes in white red uh, like a, a soft pink purple, can even yellow. purple yellow and uh, it's very fragrant and it's a
0: great little plant wonderful see that's how it's done how it's not done is to be down in toronto on a friday night and really trying to get home but you have somebody on the site that just really likes to talk no
1: can't get home can't be me math <laughs> <It's> just...
0: <laughs> growing season canada.com is the website click on whatever the heck you want there's lots to click on there there's the contact button which lets you contact me. Uh, Showbits is there. That's the visual accompaniment to the show. The TGS Color Series is one that that you could be using right now because many of us are planting our annuals and if you wanted to know something that would be of an annual uh, variety in in a certain color, it could be there. Okay, we're going to keep adding to that show over the course of this growing season, pardon the pun, until uh, probably the end of the year when we should have six or eight of these things up there. And it's a it's a wonderful little library, as well as you can click on TGS t- Tiny Gardens, many of you are because I can see that. And that's just the modus operandi for how we deal with subdivision landscaping. The idea originally was to be specializing in tiny gardens. Those don't exist. Okay, so <laughs> it just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't exist. Happen. We keep we keep trying to push it. It just doesn't exist. Okay, guys, what did the bee say to the flower? I have no idea, Matthew. Hey bud! When you open, <laughs> it's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah it's good.
2: Mom, till next time. Have a good one, and please be safe.
0: Jack, out. Oh, there wasn't a little bit of some like improv this week. Oh. good. If you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts, don't panic. Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs.